Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Your morning starts now. It's the Q102 Jeff and Jen podcast brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com. It's time for some of the news that didn't make the news this morning. I might want to think twice before you follow your passion. And if you're calling in sick today, your coworkers may be mad at you. We'll explain here in a minute. It is Wednesday, the 27th of June of 2018. We're Jeff and Jen, and here it is, your news that didn't make the news on Cincinnati's Q102. All right, here's some good news for anyone who maybe gave up on achieving their dreams a long time ago and are now just kind of running out the clock. Turns out you may have been the smart ones. (laughs) (laughs) You don't really mean it. Well, a new study out of Stanford University found that obsessively following your passion is not the recipe for success. In most cases, more often than not, it's actually the opposite, and here is why. According to this study, people who only focus on their passion narrow their interests too much, which keeps them from having creative ideas or coming up with new innovations. And they also don't learn about new subjects or try new things that they might find they like more. When someone's following their passion and they stumble or run into difficulty, it makes them extra depressed, and that can make them give up or quit. And finally, when those people do quit, they're completely lost and directionless. Well, I think the key word in all of that was (laughs) obsessively follow. So what should you do instead of laser focusing on one thing? See, laser focus. Right. The researchers say you should develop your passion, not necessarily follow it completely. That means work at it and stick with it, but don't focus so hard on it that it winds up backfiring and at the expense of your ability to live. And it does help if you're if you're good at your passion. It doesn't hurt. You know, there are a lot of people that think that they are the next Barbara Streisand. Right. They are not. Yes. That doesn't mean you can't sing the occasional gig on the weekend. It doesn't mean you can't go to karaoke bars. Right. Or sing in the shower. Just keep your day job for now. Also, as you get older, you will learn that your passions weave and change a little bit, and there's still time to learn new things. They morph. They evolve. Evolve, yeah. Right. Uh, you probably think your salary is too low. Most of the people listening, I think most people think their salary could be higher. So maybe this will make you feel better. 
According to a new study, the average person spends at least four four hours a week looking at random websites when they're supposed to be working. It's it's called show prep. That's right. It's part, of, it's so part of what we oh do. <laughs> but it's so easy to get distracted. I mean, even if you're doing something, you know, you do anything online and there's with all the pop-up crap and everything that is just screaming at you, everything that you love. You know how many shoe ads show up everywhere on my screen? Well, they know it works with you. And it does. This morning I was just scrolling through the mm-hmm. news sites right? and a little ad told me that the planters cheese balls were going to come back. So, of course, I had to click on that, which had me click on other things, which had me go to a list of America's favorite snacks that you're missing out on. Yeah, so it was like one thing after another after another. And 15 minutes later, I'm still reading about food. Right. What are we missing? <laughs> Good question. I'll send it to you. OK. <laughs> it's like shooting fish in a barrel. It is. Mm-hmm. Click me. Click. You know, so. If you're thinking, yeah, well, they should pay me more money, consider that they're paying you thousands of dollars to go down daily YouTube rabbit holes and shop online. And if you multiply all that out, it actually comes out to 200 hours a year that you're wasting their time or 26 entire workdays. And based on the median American salary of $45,800 per year, that means the average person basically gets paid $4,500 a year to mess around on the Internet. The study also found there are only 11% of companies left that don't do any kind of website blocking on their employees' computers. 11% of companies left that don't do some kind of website blocking. Right. 85% of companies block porn sites. 61%. Always feel confident on your second date. With help from the Plastic Surgery Group. Schedule a consultation at 513-791-4440 or at theplasticsurgerygroup.com. Surgery has an art. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Block online dating. 38%, a rising 38% are blocking social media now. I mean, we don't have any blocks on the dating or the porn, do we? I don't. I haven't tried since I got a work computer. I know. I was thinking the same thing. Well, I don't normally try to shot. click on that. Nope. And 13% block retail sites like Amazon, Jen. Well, that would just be mean. But how is it stopping? I mean, your company can't stop you from looking at those things on your cell phone, right? Nope. But they can stop you from using a company computer, I guess, and they hope that that's deterrent enough. Or maybe they could ban your phone at the work station or oh, something. See, that would be rotten, too. Uh, when one of your coworkers calls in sick, is your first thought, oh, he's definitely faking, and now I hate him even more than I did before, which I didn't think was possible because I already really hated him. That's Not right. the hating part. Oh. <laughs> Not the hating part. 
<laughs> Do you guys think that but about each other? Class? No, but I usually go, yes, she did lay some groundwork yesterday. Yeah, Makes like sense. I thought Jen for sure was going to call in sick today or still might by Friday because yesterday she was like, I'm just getting a cold. I think I'm getting <laughs> I sick. I feel like it. Remember? I did. My and throat was so to sore yesterday. Of ours, I was like, I think she might call in sick tomorrow because she's like, something's <laughs> going on. And then I thought to myself, Journey Foreigner was last night. I think Journey Foreigner uh, was last night at Riverbend. I was like, that's why she's going to call in sick. And then you're here. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, it's better today. It was bad last night, though. Boy, touch and go, touch and go. Mm. Me tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's. <laughs> I just right. don't know. We're going to have to keep an eye on it for the rest of the yeah. day. Um, I'll check in and let you know how it's going. Well, according to a new survey, 6% of people say they actually get angry when someone calls in sick at work. And another 19% of people wouldn't take it that far, but they say they do get frustrated when someone calls in sick a lot. That means about one out of four of your coworkers probably won't have any sympathy and probably will have some resentment toward you the next time you call in sick. And that could explain another result from the survey. One third of people say they have exaggerated how sick they were when they called off work to make sure no one judged them. That is hard. You know, I used to be so paranoid about that. I would come into work sick. Just because I didn't want people thinking I was faking it. Really? <laughs> I would. And I, I, I would just be, it, because if I stayed home, I knew I'd be sitting at home just all, all upset the whole time going, I probably should have gone. I feel like the four of us, though, come to work so often that if we are ill, I feel like it's a real situation. Mm-hmm. Do you I know agree. what I mean? Like, yeah. I would never be like, you're faking. Now, sometimes, like, after a long weekend, if you're, like, sick on a Monday and I know you were out of town all weekend, I'd be like, eh, mm. maybe you needed another day. <laughs> yeah, I think most of our but attendance overall, records are pretty good here. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have here this morning? Uh, shaking hands with people. That's one heck of a way to pass germs. According to a new survey, almost half of people are now saying that they sometimes try to avoid handshakes. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That seems like more than ever. Half of people are now avoiding handshakes. Well, we're realizing how disgusting we are. Yeah. (laughs) More and more stories about how many people don't wash their hands after using the restroom and just watching people. That's funny. And I've gone the other way. You know, I think I'm You've more chilled. relaxed, but way more chill about it today. I mean, obviously, if I see you sneezing in your hand or something, then, you know, <laughs> I'm going to try to avoid you. But for uh-huh. the most part, yeah, I used to be way more germ conscious than I I think that I am now. Yeah. You have relaxed as you've aged about a lot of things. Yeah, six common techniques that we use to avoid those handshakes. Acting like we're looking for something in a purse or backpack. <laughs> Pretending to be sick by faking a cough so the other person doesn't initiate the handshake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Yeah. Uh, good. And make sure you cough in your hand when you do it. Right. Near elbow. Holding our breath and just walking away. Pretending to get a phone call. Oh, that's a good one. Fist bumping or elbow bumping. Yeah, Howie Mandel from America's Got Talent. He was one of the first guys, you know, one of the first public celebrities I was aware of that just openly admitted he didn't like shaking hands, and this is how he... He's a germaphobe. This is what he does to avoid it, yeah. 
Huge. Uh, and then ignoring the person and not introducing ourselves. See, that used to be my technique. Yeah. <laughs> it used to be what I did. You just kind of walked around kind of aloof, mm-hmm. not knowing. <laughs> God. New study out of Baylor University in Texas found that what you need to do when your significant other is going through a tough or stressful time to help them out, apparently you don't have to be extra nice to them. You don't have to be a little nice to them. The study just found that all you have to do really is to not be terrible and mean to them. Just don't be mean. Don't kick somebody when they're down. Well, you shouldn't be mean to your partner anyway. Right. It turns out the nice things you do won't really register with them or help them get through that tough time. So why why bother putting in the effort? But if you're a jerk, that will register extra hard and make them feel way worse. Plus, they will never forget you did that. So all you really have to do to get them through whatever tough time they're going through is... And this is the best way to support them through that tough time is just to kind of be neutral and things will basically be fine. And isn't that what we're going for in life? Doing the bare minimum to make things basically fine. Sure. <laughs> in a lot of ways. Isn't that funny? It is. Yeah. You don't have to be extra nice to them. Not even a little nice to them. Just don't I mean, be terrible and mean. Well, haven't you, I mean, haven't you ever been going through a really rough time and there's somebody that's just over caretaking? Yeah. Yes. And it's like... I, I know, you. but I like it when Fritch over too. I like it when you get all right. I get all mommy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's because I care about you, and I only want the best. <laughs> You're good at it. We should probably take a break here. Um, let me get through this one story. This is pretty crazy. Say what you will about this guy. When he does something, when he says he's going to do something, he follows through with it. 54-year-old William Stanley is a search engine optimization expert from Dallas. That sounds fancy. You know what they do? Not an optimization, no. So let's say you have a website. You want it to show up on Google like on that first page because more people are not likely to go past that first or second page when they're searching for something. Okay. He's the guy that somehow you know, gets you on that first or second page. You he makes you more visible. Okay. And about five years ago, he got busted for extortion. He basically told a financial firm to give him $30,000. Give me $30,000. If you don't, I'm going to post negative reviews about you on Yelp. <laughs> and considering that he's a, you know, yeah. a search engine optimization expert. He could mess you up. He could. And he also threatened to use tricks to promote the posts so lots of people would see them. So he had this company over a barrel. What did they do? They pressed charges. He had to pay $175,000 in restitution. And he got three years in prison for it. Now, he did get paroled less than a year later. But still, man, I mean, that guy's life was (laughs) ruined, you know? Still, any jail time. Right. At which point, he probably should have forgotten the whole thing and moved on with his life, right? You would think, you know what? Between the money I had to pay in restitution, the jail time, the attorney's fees and everything, you'd think he would just move on, right? Yeah. Nope. Almost immediately, he made good on that original threat, started posting negative reviews from a computer at his halfway house. 
He posted bogus stuff about the company on Facebook, Glassdoor.com, mm-hmm. Yelp, and a few other sites. But sure enough, he got caught. And this month, now he's really in trouble. A judge sentenced him to another eight years in prison for it. Now he's got to pay $5.6 million in restitution. Oh, wow. Dang, yeah. that's a lot. Yep. Isn't that wild? Yeah. I sure hope he's learned his lesson. I got to tell you. You know, I know that restaurants kind of live and die by those Yelp reviews, but I'm kind of surprised by that because when I read reviews, Mm -hmm. whether it's on Open Table or Yelp or wherever it is, I feel like the person who's writing the review, their agenda is so transparent. You can tell when somebody's making a legitimate, honest criticism versus just bashing a company, you know? Yeah, for sure. And when... It seems like it's kind of an anomaly, like, hey, this place, for the most part, has got a pretty good reputation, and most of the reviews are pretty good, but, you know, you got this one person that's posting this horrible review. I tend to think that that's the exception rather than the norm. Mm-hmm. Do you think people read those reviews, or do you feel like sometimes people look and go, oh, it's only got the four stars out of five, I'm not going there? Or do you think people really read through and see what others are saying? Well... I'll give you an example. If it's something like Uber Eats or Grubhub or DoorDash, I think you just kind of look at the stars, you know? Kind of skim. Yeah. Like if I'm in a different part of town or I'm vacationing somewhere and we're like trying to find a cool place to eat, I will re... I'll skim. But I'm, I'm like with Jeff. Eh, if there's if there's 17 five stars and two ones, I'm going right. to tend to believe it's a five star place. Yeah. For mm-hmm. the most part, yeah. more often than not, these guys pretty much have their act together. But... When it comes to like Airbnb or somewhere I'm going to spend some real money, like if I'm going to a restaurant, I'm going to drop 100 then right. I want to know, well, what was the problem? Also, there are lots of people that like to bitch and complain. <laughs> yeah, I'm thing. with you. Well, the other thing that I re- re- like not like I take away from those reviews are some things are a really big deal to people mm-hmm. where it's not that big of a deal to me. You know, right. like if I go in, they're like, oh, they have paper napkins. I'm like, I'm not going you to give them a two star because they have a paper napkin. I'm not going to that in- all inclusive resort because there was a tile missing in the yes. pool or okay. there was a lizard in my room. I'm like, you're in you're you're going in to Honduras. Costa Rica. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've seen people give bad reviews because, you know, the place was packed and it was loud and it was crowded. Well, that's the place. That's yeah. that's the character. <laughs> I mean, that's the nature of the place. It's got a lively atmosphere. It's loud. The tables are small. They have a lot of communal tables. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing people like to complain about. Communal tables. I'm like. You want to wait an extra 40 yeah. minutes? You want to sit next to Joyce and Barb? Yep. Make a new friend. <laughs> Make some friends. I know. I remember the first time <laughs> you ever saw or sat at a communal table immediately. I was like, oh, I don't know that I like this. <laughs> and it turned out it was like the best experience because you start like chatting up with other yeah. people and then you're like, oh, that looks good. What is that? Damn, I should have ordered that. Yeah. Before you know it, you're eating off each other's plates. Well, the first thing that happened that? to me Before was you know at, it. Uh, <laughs> Terry's Turf Club and I had never eaten there before and I'm sitting down with these people who I have no idea who they are and I'm like, so what do you got or what should I order? And they like informed me about this really awesome cheese that's like only on the Terry's Turf Club menu and you have to get it. And I never would have known that had they not sat me next to, you know, Mark and Bob. Yeah. So I kind of feel like if you're going to a loud, lively, crowded place anyway, what's the harm in a communal table? It's not like you were going to have an intimate conversation with someone necessarily. 
I don't know. I just take those reviews with a grain of salt. I think you have to because mm-hmm. people just have, you know, everybody. There's always someone out there that's got a chip. Thanks for listening to the Q102 Jeff and Jen Morning Show Podcast. Brought to you by CBG Airport. Start your trip at CBGAirport.com.